Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha. On today's episode, we are going to talk about food cravings, but we are going to talk about it in a different way. Typically, we talk about food cravings in relation to what is happening within your body. And today, I wanted to kind of talk about it in a bigger picture way so that you can understand what what is happening in terms of the food industry that you are craving particular foods that you may be craving. The food industry in general has mastered this art of creating foods that are going to appeal to a wide range of tastes and preferences. While what you crave may be different, You may be someone who craves salt. One of your friends may be someone who craves sugar. All of these things work together so that you will be in a place that you're going to evoke strong cravings for whatever that particular food item that you crave is. And it's understanding that all of that food, all of the food that is created is perfectly designed and engineered to make you create that particular food item so that you purchase more and more of those food items. Why I wanted to talk about this, because it's important for you to understand that it's not just about what's happening in terms of your hormones and your emotions, although I tend to focus on those because they are the ones that are within your control. But as this podcast is also educational, I want you to understand some of the tactics that are being used so that you can understand and make an informed decision about the food that you consume um, and that you think is right for you, while also being mindful that there may be other factors contributing to your cravings. Now, previously, we've done episodes on talking about um, hormonal changes and how women, I am postmenopausal, and if you are somebody who is perimenopausal or postmenopausal, you may notice that you are having um, hormone fluctuations. I'm, I'm sure you feel it, but those fluctuating hormones can contribute to Um, fluctuating and different levels of our hunger satiety hormones. So they may be fluctuating as well. So you may find yourself in a place that you are um, craving things that are more sugary or salty that tend to be higher calorie that are going to make you feel better. Some of the other things we talk about when it comes to food cravings is this idea that there's lots of emotions that you may feel that is going to lead you down a path that you crave or consume things that are going to provide the comfort that you want so that you can find that temporary sense of relief and you can cope with the feelings that you're maybe trying not to feel or trying to avoid. And so we've talked about that in the past because there is a part of that that we can start to become aware of and that we can probably change. And so I just wanted to talk today about this other component in terms of what it is you're eating and knowing that there is something that's bigger than you in terms of the food that you're desiring and that that could also be influencing some of the things that you create crave. In terms of the food industry in itself, when products are made It's not just a stroke of luck that something becomes so delicious and so crave-worthy. 
it's usually a collaboration of food scientists and other people that are involved in the creation of that product. And it's usually a team. Maybe you have chefs or you have flavorists or you have people that are working with the aroma. You know, all of these things go into play when we're talking about designing a product that we will probably crave. Um, it's un- it's important to understand that the flavors are research, the smell is research, the texture, all of it is like perfectly um, researched and marketed in such a way that it's going to probably appeal to the masses so that the food can continue to be consumed in high quantities, resulting in you know more money. But for you, that means that in addition to your hormone fluctuations and in different and and in addition to anything emotional that you may be feeling, that from your beginning of your experience with whatever food item that you tend to crave or consume or you know crave the most, that that is probably going to be something that is so much bigger than you that you're probably continuing to eat this food item because there is this reward center in your brain. And so there could be certain items for you that can trigger this like this like just like that you want this food so bad and that when you eat that food you get that sense of relief at least temporarily you get that reward and that feeling of like satisfaction and pleasure which then leads you to continuing to want to consume that food item and that is very much that is very much the mechanism and the process that that when a food is created, that's what it's trying to do so that you want more and more of that food. So one of the things that is how they design food or how food is designed in the food industry is this idea of flavor engineering. So behind every dish that you consume, um, every snack food that you can consume or fast food that you can consume, there is people that are analyzing the components of each of those ingredients. And they're, I mean, it's, it's so big. It's like people are studying the senses and what people like in terms of sweet and salty and sour and bitter and what are the preferences of most people. And the magic in the creation of the product and the product is that they're trying to find this like perfect balance of, um, of what it is that we crave. And what that looks like tends to be food that is now, you know, you could have food that already has sugar and salt in it, but those two ingredients are the things that we crave the most. So as humans, you may find yourself somebody who craves sugar, or you may find someone who craves, you may be someone who craves salt. And what happens is, is in order to enhance the flavor of the particular food items, in addition to whatever additive or preservative is put in the product, there's also probably an increase in sugar and salt or sugar and salt in order to make that food more enticing. So the more sugar-laden foods we eat, the more sugar-laden foods we want, the more salt-laden foods we eat, the more salt-laden foods that we want to consume. And so why I wanted to talk about this is as you probably already know, I've talked about this in the past, that I work in a dialysis center. And the number one cause of dialysis in the States is diabetes. And the number two cause is uncontrolled high blood pressure. 
So if these foods that tend to be more convenient, um, that tend to be in places that maybe affordability in terms of cost for food items tends to be much more affordable, then if you're having somebody who is diabetic, instead of having them eat you know, more and more sugar-laden foods, which is going to worsen their diabetes, the more and more they consume it. Or if we have somebody who has uncontrolled high blood pressure, we don't want them to eat more salt-laden foods, which is going to want them to create, to crave more and more, and then lead to uncontrolled high blood pressure. We don't want any of that, right? And so it's important to understand that there is something bigger than you going on um, when you're choosing to consume these foods. Again, knowing that if you're somebody who is craving sugar-laden foods, you know, you may have a predisposition to going to someplace that's convenient to you and seeing some sticky buns or some donuts or some... um, something really sweet at the cash register when you're trying to leave a, you know, when you're trying to get gas and there's something there. Or if you're somebody who's predisposed to wanting things that are salty, um, you know, noticing that potato chips are going to be right there at the counter so that you are going to be more inclined to want that food. And it's important to understand that it doesn't just start when you, when you consume the food, it starts at the very beginning when you maybe see the advertisement for the food on, on TV or you hear about it um, or perhaps when you just see the bag of whatever it is that you want. It just kind of in your brain, no, you, it's telling you like, oh my gosh, I really like that food. I really want that food. So first, just kind of understanding that food is engineered to be delicious and to taste delicious, and it is very widely researched. It's going to probably contain more sugar and salt in addition to other preservatives too. And that our brain really likes that reward of eating that food, getting that reward, feeling that pleasure, and then wanting to repeat that. The other thing is understanding that there's textures and mouthfeel that really go into um, the designing of a product. So lots of different flavor profiles are going to be um, going to going to be researched. Things could be creamy or crunchy or um, whatever it is, chewy, whatever it is for that design for that particular product and understanding that for that mouthfeel there's unlimited resources probably that's going to create the textures and the actual experience that you may be looking for that is going to leave you in a place that you're creating you're craving that food item more and more and then also understanding that the power of smell is going to be something that cannot be overstated We all know that if you live near a fast food restaurant or you're kind of close to one, um, I think about donuts. I feel like we have like donut places near me and sometimes I don't even want a donut, but it's just like the smell of the donut being made that just all of a sudden wants me to have that donut. And there's, when it comes to foods that are more convenient or foods that are fast food, it's a huge industry. So there is this this on purpose scent or this aromatic that plays a role into 
perceiving or wanting you to have that food items. And that also can create like that sense of connection to the food. So there could be this like, um, I always say like, think about when you were younger and maybe there was something at your something that like your grandma made or your mom made a certain food. And when you smelled that, you would be like, oh my gosh, it takes me back to when I was little and that particular food made me feel so good. It can be anything. It can even be like, um, like you have a perfume and you associate that perfume, that perfume with a particular event. Well, food especially fast food works in the same way. It's going to leave you to a place that it's going to take you back to that you have that emotional connection to the food. And it's going to trigger maybe some memories that were spent at that particular place. And maybe it's going to really have you crave that food, whether you're hungry or not. And maybe you, maybe it's beyond that. Like it's not even about if you're hungry or that you want to taste something, but you just want the experience of that memory. The foods that we tend to crave the most, I don't think is going to be any surprise, tends to be things like cheeseburgers and chicken nuggets and pizza and french fries and ice cream. And there may be foods that are unique to you. You may like a particular brand of chips or nachos, or maybe you like particularly like a cookie brand. It's going to be very unique to you. Okay. So now that you kind of have an understanding, which I know you probably already know, but I just want to over, I just want to kind of dig in a little bit more that the flavors are going to be really important. They're designed to do that, that the texture is designed to create a symphony of textures that create a really great eating experience for you. And then the smell is something that is really going to continue to have you crave that particular food item. Knowing that all of those things take place and then also the food industry also is so crafty and masterful at their different marketing strategies and there's so much um marketing into human psychology and all of that comes into play when food is being designed and and then therefore marketed and advertised so in terms of looking at the food there is going to be a visual appeal so the food is going to be a particular color it's going to be presented in the package in a certain way and all of these things are meant to stimulate our appetite create um, cravings for these particular foods and they're going to be something that we feel like oh my gosh i have to have that food because of the way it looks or the first impression that you get from that particular food Um, knowing that food is deeply intertwined with our social and cultural identities. So there are going to be some social and cultural influences in terms of food. So there's going to be different foods that tap into um, the narratives around food. So a lot of food is going to, the way it's designed is maybe to provoke some nostalgic feelings Um, Maybe you will feel a cultural sense of pride that you're consuming this particular food. Or it could just be that food creates that sense of longing and belonging that you're looking for. And it can't be understated that there is this emotional resonance 
that we desire certain food items that are very specific to us. So it's not only that we are creating, craving these foods from our emotional or our, um, our emotional or hormonal changes that are happening, but there's something so much bigger that it's not just um, those two things, but food could represent something in your life that is way bigger than those two things. It may make you feel deeply connected to your roots and that's kind of the goal so that you feel that sense of comfort every time that you consume it. And the caveat here is not to like make it seem like that the food industry is big and bad. You can think about whatever you want because maybe there is something that's providing you joy in having that sense of um, feeling connected to that particular food because maybe it does give you a sense of longing. So I'm not trying to demonize that. Just really understanding that there's just a lot of stuff that goes into the process of creating the food. And then one of the other ways, one of the last ways that they that the food industry really kind of goes to this idea of, of making us want more and more is this idea that there is this limited time offer or this like scarcity around this product that you can only get these exclusive menu items at this particular time. Um, maybe there's a sense of urgency there could be, and this could be in so many ways, it could be the cost of the food. Um, you know, it's going to be this amount of money for this amount of time. So that creates scarcity mindset. Um, it could be that it could be anything. There's just so many strategies. It's so hard to kind of pinpoint, but really just kind of knowing that there could be things that are only out at certain seasons or certain times of the year. There may be exclusive items that are going to be unique to you or that you get the benefit of if you're able to consume it. And that's all meant to bring you into the buying process. They can bring you in, you can consume that product, and then maybe if it's a seasonal product, it goes away because then next year, what are you going to do? You're going to be in for that product um, for you know for that particular time. I mean, we all do it. I have a um, I have a, a pumpkin uh, bread that my son loves and I usually make it from scratch, but there's one from Trader Joe's that they sell. And if I'm not in there like in October buying up every friggin' box that I, that I can, I mean, I have like about 10 boxes in my, um, in my, in my cabinets right now. So, I mean, we're all doing it, right? Cause there's a scarcity like, oh shit, that product's not going to be left. I have to get it before it leaves. So that is very intentional. You know, it's all designed to be that way. And so in conclusion, just knowing that the food industry has an ability to make us crave certain food items and it's most multifaceted and it is a blend of like all the the culinary art artistry of it it can be it's so precise in the way that the flavors and the textures and the smells come together and there's such a deep understanding of human psychology in the marketing and the advertising of the products. And as consumers, that you're aware of the factors that are allowing us to make informed decisions about what it is we choose to indulge in. And so for you, 
knowing which foods you crave the most is going to be important so that you can figure out like what is the amount of time that you want to have that food around. If you are in a place that your hormones are all over the place, do you want to have that food easily accessible to you? Um, Will you have it in your house? Will you only have it in your house sometimes? And be honest with yourself. Like, how many times do we go to the grocery store and we're like, I'm going to buy this box of chips, but I'm not going to eat them knowing full well that you're going to be the one that eats it. If it's a craving or if it's something that could lead you into this like downfall or make you feel bad about yourself, then maybe have it a little bit less often. And to remember to balance it with other foods too, right? You want to be able to enjoy these foods that you love, that are convenient, that taste good, but you want to do it so that you're in a place that you're doing it, that you're eating and you're having a balance of other food items too. And you may go through periods where maybe you're like, okay, I'm craving things that are sugar sweetened because I have my period. And maybe that's normal for you. And again, it's not to have judgment. The whole goal of this is to provide education to you so that you can decide what it is you want to have in your home so that you can figure out when it is you want to have it so that you can really create create a balance with other um, with other things that are happening in your life and with other food items that you want to consume. Again, this is educational for you to decide what it is that works for your life. But just knowing that there is a bigger picture here and that so much of the food, if it, especially if it is convenient, um, if it's cheaper, those kind of foods tend to be the ones that are probably going to be more sugar and salt laden and knowing that and then deciding and making an informative choice um, so that you feel like you've been given all of the information. So much I feel like is not talked about. And so it's just this way of like, how do we find this balance that we're able to eat the things that give us nutrition and that give us um that give us nutrients that our body needs, but then also being able to to understand that we can have things and enjoy foods that give us pleasure as well, that they're not off limits. And, and it's not going to be balanced all the time. It's just so that you can feel like you have a little bit more control over what it is um, and what choices you're making. So the next time you find yourself in a place that you are pulled and have this allure for a certain food, remember that it's not just your taste buds, that it is it this perfectly choreographed um, like mix of things, of flavors and textures and emotions and hormonal changes and all these things that are happening within you and that are happening in the food industry. And understanding that some of these tactics that are employed can make you feel more informed about the foods that you choose to consume. And then you can take that into consideration and be more mindful of what is influencing your particular cravings at this particular time. So I appreciate you guys for listening. I'm always very appreciative and um, I hope that you guys come back here next week and you continue to listen and that, you know, you can start to be mindful of some of the factors influencing some of the things that you crave and that you can make a decision based on where you are and some of the knowledge that you have in order to do what you feel is good for you.
So thanks again for listening. See you guys back here next week.